Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, here in the uh, global office in Benville, Arkansas, and I've got our uh, one of our board members who uh, has been a, uh, a guy we've interviewed before, Greg Hewitt, so welcome, Greg. Thanks, Brian. And uh, Greg has uh, led many journey groups, and you, if you've heard his podcast before, if you haven't heard it, I recommend you go back and find it and listen to it. It was really good about uh, living through the storms of life and how God uses that to, to advance our faith. But uh, today, we're going to talk about something that Greg's been involved with for the last five years, I think, um, and that's our prison ministry. And uh, it's something that uh, was really, a, we were just talking, and uh, it's it's been a surprise, as with a lot of things with the journey. Rocky, when he did this at first, thought that this was just a men's ministry thing uh, for men in the marketplace, and then God expanded it to men in churches, and then women wanted to do it, now couples, and then teenagers, and, and uh, next thing you know, uh, uh, there were some guys out in California, who felt a calling to take it into the prisons, and uh, and then now that spread down here in Arkansas. And Greg's going to tell you a little bit about that. But uh, Greg uh, just came. It's a great time for me to record Greg because he just came out of the Bentonville County Jail, <laughs> visiting with some jail. guys, and and can maybe tell us about that. So, so Greg, uh, why don't you just start giving a, just a brief history of how you got involved in this and what how God put it on your heart, and and then and kind of. Some of the things you've seen, we want people to get a flavor for what's going on. So why don't you start with a little of the history of that? Sure. Okay, Brian. Well, the way it got started was kind of interesting because um, I never really had any desire to be involved in the prison ministry or jail ministry. It's nothing I ever thought about doing for sure. I spent one night in college in jail and (laughs) swore I'd do my best to not ever go back. And so I I never had any interest in anything after that involving jail. And so I really, really just never had any interest. But what was interesting was what got me started was uh, I kept getting this verse and I saw it this morning. Uh, this verse came to me. It's in it's in multiple places in the Bible, but uh, different versions and variations of it. But in reading God's Word every day, this thing was just it just kept coming to me from different places. And uh, this this version uh, was out of Isaiah sixty one one. It says, "The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, and He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted." to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. And so the first time I get it, I just like, I've read it, you know, lots of times before, but it just kind of like, it had a little extra meaning that morning. And then, you know, two days later, I get it in the afternoon, someone sends it to me. And then I get it again in a devotional and it just kept coming from all these different directions. And uh, Rocky was out at my farm on a deal and I, I asked him about it. I said, you know, Rocky, I, I keep getting this verse, and it's talking about releasing captives, and I, I don't, that doesn't really resonate. I mean, it's like all around me, but I don't know what it's talking about. I don't know what this releasing captives is. Is that something that I'm held captive to that's a personal challenge to me, or what is it? So what, I, what do I do when you just keep getting this word from so many places? And Rocky said, you know, if God's got something to tell you, he's going to bring some clarity about it. So just keep praying and pressing in and staying in uh, in a position where you can receive that and and see where it goes. So 
So we left, and uh, I guess, uh, you know, as you said, this had started really out in California. The prison ministry had started in Chino Prison, and there was a chaplain in California that was being transferred to Arkansas. Hmm. And he had done the journey and had seen the change it had made in these men's lives and was a big believer in the journey. And so he picks up the phone and calls Rocky and says, uh, hey, I'm Bruce from Chino, and I'm uh, uh, I'm going to be transferred. I'm a believer in the journey. I'm taking men through the journey in Chino, and I want to do it. And I'm being transferred to some little prison called Cummins in Arkansas. And Rocky's like, yeah, it's here in Arkansas. And he said, I, I want to do the journey. Do you guys, what do you have going on in Arkansas? for in the prison side. And and Rocky said, well, right now, really nothing, but I think I know who you need to talk to. And he said, you know, I want you to call this guy. He may act surprised at first, but, you know, I want you to call this guy and tell him that, you know, I'm supposed to call you. So, you know, a week later out of the blue, you know, I get this call from Bruce and he says, you know, uh, I'm Bruce and from Chino Prison and I've been doing it. And I called Rocky and asked him what he had going in Arkansas. And Rocky said nothing, but he thinks uh, he knew who I'm supposed to talk to. So uh, so what do you know? And I said, well, really nothing at all about it, but I mean, I'll help you. And so I'm, I immediately knew at that point, I didn't know what it looked like or how we do it or anything about it at all. But I said, hey, I just figured out that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So, so we did. And so it was interesting because we, uh, we, uh, Rocky and I just said, well, you know, how can we help you? And he says, well, I'll be getting settled in in a few weeks, and and I've got a senior chaplain that I report to, and so I guess we'll have to sell him on the concept. And he didn't know anything about it. And let me get in and get settled in, and I'll call you. So he finally he called back, and he said, okay, I've got my boss now, and I've talked to him about it. And uh, he said, uh, why don't you all come down? And we'll talk about it. So Rocky and I drove down to Grady, Arkansas, which is in the middle of nowhere. Mm. I mean, not everybody wants a prison in their backyard. You know? <laughs> right. So so it's out in the middle of a bean field, literally. It's out in the middle of a bean field down in South Arkansas, Grady, Arkansas, south of Pine Bluff. And uh, so we went in and we met with this guy and uh, he was a senior chaplain. And uh, it was a typical, you know, conversation, you know, you have with like, especially when Rocky's involved, it's like not really any selling at all. It's just like, hey, this is what we do. It's about an intimate relationship with Christ. It's about going vertical and not horizontal. And it's different than just a Bible study, but it builds these disciplines in about abiding and intimacy. And that was about it. And he said, oh, hey, here's this black book, Journey in the Inner Chamber. He said, I, he said, well, you know, Rocky said, well, I just suggest that you read it and see if it resonates with you. And if it does, We'll help you. And if it doesn't, hey, so be it. <laughs> that, was <pretty> much <laughs> it. that was pretty much his pitch. And uh, the guy said, well, yeah, that makes sense. I'll read it and let you know. So we, we left there. And, you know, again, another week or two passes. And and uh, Bruce calls back and says, man, you know, chap loves it. And he's ready to go. What do we do to get started? And so so we started. We started a journey group. I just, you know, I just so happened to be working in my company. We were doing a co-pack. We had a co-pack production of plant in Little Rock, which is about 45 minutes outside of Pine Bluff because, you know, Little Rock's four hours from here, three and a half hours. Grady's another hour. So it's four and a half hours from here. But I was had this food company that I was needing to go to every month or so anyway. And so, so I said, well, hey, you know, why don't you just pass that black book around and see if you can get 10 or 12 guys to sign up and me and you will just take them through it. 
And so we did. And so we, you know, we, we went, I went down and got all the security clearance and everything and went down and, and Bruce and I started taking these guys through it. And so I think we had like 12 or maybe 15 guys that, that uh, oh, I know what it was. I told him 12 was the right number. He said, how many do you think we need? I said, well, 10 or 12 is good. But I said, I wouldn't go a lot over that or kind of lose its intimacy with, you know, and everything. And, and, uh, and, and so I walked in, there was 15, and I said, what happened to 12? <laughs> and he said, man, I, I couldn't tell him no. I had 15 side up. He said, I didn't have the heart to tell him no. I said, well, I'll be fine. So we had 15 guys, and we just started taking them through it. And we did that for nine months or a year. I drove down every couple weeks down to Grady, and, and we met. And, man, they got it right off the bat. Man, I mean, they got it big time. They just they loved it. And uh, I remember the first meeting we had where we were going through the Journey the Inner Chamber and the refugee camp. And, and maybe the second – it was probably the second meeting, and we'd gone through a couple weeks of that uh, refugee camp and I had two guys when I got ready to leave were waiting on me and that you know we were talking about personal abandonment and, and releasing control and these two guys first guys said hey look man I've been here 20 something years and you know my life's a mess and I've been in control and look what's got me so you know what I'm ready to turn loose and, and let God have it and so we did it and so we finished it and we had those 10 guys all uh, uh, there was like they were finished with 12 so yeah we finished with 12 guys and 10 of them wanted to guide other guides wow. other guys and so we developed a, kind of a, a team of uh, you know guides out of that and uh, and we started passing out journeys and they started taking guys through it and that was five years ago and it's changed it's changed some and that at first we had multiple groups going because we had plenty of volunteers one thing you see in the prison deals, they've got a lot of rules and all the prisons are different. But at, at the prison in Arkansas, at Cummins, you have to have a volunteer come down locally. And so uh, when we first started, there were a lot of volunteers. And then over time, they became to get, it, their things happened in certain deals and there were less volunteers. And, and now what we do instead of having multiple groups is we do one big group and, a, and they live in the pod and go through it. And we'll usually 25 guys a year go through this one group and it's worked it's worked really well mm. so for five years we uh, you know we did the Cummins deal and then we always had an eye for the local jails uh, like Washington County Jail but we never could really figure out how to take something that's normally nine to twelve months obviously in prison you got guys that are going to be around that long and longer but when you're talking about jail well, those guys may be there for three days or three weeks or three months. And so we never could we never could get started because we kept saying, well, this will never work because these guys won't be there that long. So we just did nothing. Hmm. But finally, just in a conversation with me and Bill Trueblood, a guy that uh, a friend of mine that's been a chaplain at the Washington County Jail for years, uh, you know, we were talking one day and just said, you know, well, well what if we just did a book review? What if we didn't do the whole thing? Well, what if we did four to six week book review and just give them a taste for it? And we started thinking, well, okay, well, what would what would happen with that? And and it was kind of interesting because we kind of played out in our mind two possible scenarios, and they were both good. And it really all came from a question that we asked ourselves and said, okay, every guy that goes to jail when he leaves goes where? So where do they go? And we're like, well. He could go home. Good news. I mean, things, you know, guys do get to go home. They do their time and they go home. So they could go home. Where else could they go? Well, they could go to the state prison. 
Okay, we have it at the state prison. Hmm. Uh, where else could they? They could go to the federal penitentiary. Okay. So if we do this four to six book review and they leave there saying what's next, we, we could have some scenarios for them. If they were going home, we could put them in a local group. And if they were going to the state prison, well, we could put them in the Cummins deal if they were going to Cummins. The only one we haven't really resolved is the federal uh, piece of it, which we're, we're, we're dabbling in that, but we can't quite. It's a lot different deal, and it's, uh, it's just a whole different deal. But we have seen it play out that way, and the one we've seen really more of, uh, ironically, is we see guys that leave Washington County after going through the book review – uh, and going through the full deal at, at Cummins. I've had lots of guys been down there, you know, when I go down there at commencement, and they're like, oh, yeah, I remember I was in Washington County, and hmm. he said we could do it down here, and I did. So so that's what we've done. You know, we started at prison, and now we've we, we've figured out kind of a plan or, uh, for jail where we do the book review, and now uh, we're adding on to that. So Benton County, as you mentioned, I just got back from Benton County. We started that two weeks ago. Same same process, really, as Washington County. Do a book review, four to six weeks. Hope that when guys leave, we either uh, put them in a local group or if they go to another facility, uh, we can put them in that. Hmm. So that's kind of what we've done. Well, and uh, you were telling me that this seems a lot different than the normal groups that go into the prison, right? Because they have other – there's other Christian groups that go – I don't know if prison fellowship's still around, but there's groups that go in there. But you've been – had feedback from some of the guards and the chaplains that this seems different. Yeah. So different. What, what is it that they like about it, or, you know, from an administration sure. standpoint of the prison? Yeah. They – you know, both the jail and the prison have a lot more uh, religious activity than you'd think. I mean, uh, let's start with the prison. In the prison, they have a chaplain, a chaplaincy. They have, you know, um, they have a sanctuary. Then they have uh, another meeting room, and they've got four chaplains. And there's a lot of activities. There's a lot of religious activities uh, there, and, and from a, you know, there's a lot of, but most of them are all very similar. They're mostly knowledge-based Bible studies. Okay. I mean, that's what most of what they they've had, and so we offer something very different. Even though you know, as we know, the feeding on God's word is such a critical element of the journey, but it's much beyond that. Mm-hmm. And so we really use that. And, and inmates, I got to tell you, we, all we ever really ever put up is we we'll post something and just saying, you know, come join the journey and discover intimacy with Christ. That's all we do, and they come, mm-hmm. and we hear them say all the time. You know, uh, like I heard a guy say one time, you know, I've been here 25 years and I've never been down to the chaplaincy on anything. I've never done any of their Bible studies or this and that because they're all the same thing. But when I saw that intimacy with Christ, I, I, it piqued my interest. Mm. What is that? What does that look like? That's different. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what we have to offer is that, there, it, you know, there's a lot of Bible study, but this is beyond that. And the inmates are looking for something on that. But, you know, they know the word. It's amazing how they know the, the word a lot better than you think they would as far as just having knowledge. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll throw out Bible verses to them and get them to, I do this all the time, you know, I'll start one, let them see who can finish it. Oh man, they can finish it. Yeah. So, I mean, so and I, I think that just speaks to, man, they, they don't, they're, they're looking for beyond knowledge. They got the head knowledge. Yeah. Well, and, and haven't even haven't I think you've told me that some of the guards and stuff have seen the fruit of it, yeah, and they love it the journey because yeah. it, it makes their job easier, yeah, because the guys are better behaved. Yeah. It's like they're seeing the fruit before yeah. their eyes, right? Yeah. 
So what, uh, what are some of the differences that you've seen? Cause you've led, you know, men in the marketplace groups and couples groups. And, and what are the, some of the differences in leading a, or helping lead a, a prison group versus a regular group? Would, I mean, I, there's obvious distinctions, like just as far as you have to have materials that aren't spiral bounds, we have to do some little provisions yeah. for all that. There's no big deal, but, right. but what are some of the differences? Well, I'd say probably the biggest difference, because my wife asked me that question one night after I got back, you know, in the middle of the night from driving down there. She's like, because I was telling her how much I loved it, just smelled I'm like this was amazing. And she said, well, what's so, what's so different about that than the groups on the outside? And I said, well, I think the biggest difference is there's this tremendous hunger. I mean, these guys are, man, I mean, they have. They have found themselves in some very dire—I mean, that's a very dire situation. I mean, you stop and think about it. I mean, they've lost everything that the world has to offer. Mm-hmm. And and so they're they're hungry. They're, they're desperate. They're seeking. I mean, I think there's just a hunger and a brokenness there. I mean, look, at, we, look what that does to guys on the outside when they go through the journey. Not, not that you— have to be on that, but I mean, guys that are really pressing in and are really seeking and are broken. I mean, they're always the guys that lead the lead the pack, right? I mm-hmm. mean, and That's so, true. and like uh, these guys are just man, they're they're just desperate and they're trying to they're looking for some hard answers and trying to trying to you know. So I just think there's this there's a hunger that just makes it a lot easier. Well, and you've said that uh, every time you lead the journey of the inner chamber study, and you get to the point of the the bridge, <laughs> that it, that turns into an evangelistic opportunity. You said it more than any other, you know, forum that you've you've led the journey in. Yeah. So talk about that. Oh, absolutely. And I, that was kind of just a you know we all think of the journey as well, what it is, it's a discipleship tool. So we we just we just think of it and assume that it's all Christian guys that are all already believers, and 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 so we don't think of the evangelical element of this of this thing of the evangelistic tool that it is and it became apparent in the jail because what I've seen in the jail and, and in prison and even more so in the jail is that these guys come either wanting to be believers or thinking they are but there's this reality that sets in that they're not and we have seen so many guys come to Christ I mean I I will tell you that it is rare that we do a uh, book study in jail or prison that we don't have guys accept Christ. Very rare. Very rare. Hmm. Um, It is very common when you get to the point of crossing the bridge, if you'll stop and say, hey, any of you guys still on this side? I mean, are there any of you guys that haven't crossed the bridge? It rarely will there not be a guy or two or three or four that raised their hand mm. uh, just today. You know, you mentioned today. Today was our second session in Benton County. And so we got to the bridge. And uh, so we discussed salvation and that and, you know, crossing the bridge and what it meant, what it was and what it wasn't. And then I just asked, is there anybody that's that's not there, hasn't crossed the bridge and wants to do that? And a guy, guy raises his hand. And so we stop and we stop right there and take care of that. And uh, we give this guy a chance to, to, to do that, and, and he does, and he just weeps. And, I mean, it was just real. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was it was heartfelt and genuine, and, man, it had a huge impact on all the others. And then, and then we opened it up, as I shared with you, this discussion about these other guys, you know, saying, I, I'm not there either. But 
I'm not sure I'm ready because I've just my life is such a mess. And you know, one guy started it off today by saying, you know, here's the reality. I mean, my life has been a life of robbing and stealing, and that's how I provide for my family. And so I sit here right now, and I believe Jesus is real, and I want what you're talking about, but I don't know what that means for me. I don't know. Does that mean I have to give up? You know, my wife's not a believer. Does she leave me? And does you know and and then this life that I live is robbing and stealing to provide for my kids. And so then how to provide for my kids? And it just went around the room. All these guys were like, all of them wanted it. It seemed like there was a lot of guys in the room that seemed like they weren't there. But they were all like saying, hey, we're just being honest with you. I just don't know how I could do that. And so we had a really frank discussion about, you know, uh, I appreciate your honesty. But, I mean, you 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 have to step out in faith. And um, and if you're not and if you're not ready to do that, then you don't you don't need to say you are. But we need to figure out you know how we how we help you get there. And so I'd had a written their names down. It seemed like it was like the majority of the room. I couldn't tell for sure, but I'd had them all write their names down for next week. And and I just said, well, I'm gonna pass this around. And here's a red marker. And just if you're if you're there with if you're there where this guy is where. You haven't accepted Christ, but you don't know if you can for these reasons you guys mentioned. Put a red mark by your name, and and over the next week, we'll pray that God will give you some clarity on that. And I showed you my deal. I mean, every guy but one, the one guy that <laughs> prayed to receive Christ, every one of them said, "That's me. I'm I'm not there." And mm. and I, but I'm not. I don't. I don't know that I can do that. Mm. And so, so you know what? We had a chance to pray for him, but it just goes to show you just, you know, how many of these guys they they've never. They're just not there, mm. and uh, more so than what you see with guys on the outside, which mm. make, it makes some sense. I mean, yeah, and, and you just said that, that that story Rocky Road is just such a great, easy-to-understand illustration. You know, either you're on, over the bridge or you're not, you know, and so uh, either you're in or out. You they know, visually okay. can get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so now it's been five years later. Do you see a connection to that verse that, that God was giving you oh, about yeah. setting the captives oh, free? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so what does that mean to you now? You know, I don't know. It just means that that's I didn't want to do that, but that's how God wanted to use me. And I and now I've been around guys that it's funny because now I've been around folks that are been in prison ministry for a long time and really know what they're doing and been doing it a long time and they're like no one ever just says they're going to just decided they wanted to do that they're always it's something like you've said it's always God's always calling them because people just generally don't want to go to jail and prison right you know it's an environment you don't think about going to hang out in but um, but they're always called and that that's what that was that was a calling I didn't I didn't want to go do that I didn't even know what it was talking about but what's interesting is. You know, and the back part of that verse, it's not only release captives, but it's providing, you know, light in a dark place. And man, when you go in there, you feel that, you know, it is a, it can be a dark place. And, you know, it says uh, to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's what the journey has done, not just, first of all, just shedding a lot of the gospel and guys, you know, guys that will go into that prison, you know, not knowing Jesus Christ and not following him and now they are so I mean it, it, it has revealed some light in a very dark place well and, and some of these guys are going to be in there for life oh, yeah. I mean they won't get out no. but they're still feeling free yeah that's the crazy thing isn't it I mean yeah yeah that's interesting a light is not getting out of there a light is being used there yeah and we've seen that with guys you know we, we've seen that with men that say you know now now God's using me more here than he probably ever would on the outside and this is just amazing to me that the, the inmates are leading inmates yeah. and becoming guides. Yeah. 
you know, it's just amazing. Oh, when it was funny is when Bruce and I did it, it worked. You know, on a scale of one to ten, you know, we we might have been a six. When the inmates did it, it really took off. Mm. It was a nine. Well, and it makes they that's they can relate. They live. They stay there. They don't. They they could relate to these guys. Here are other inmates that are guiding them along this deal. It was, and of course the, the prison and the jails love it because well you know you don't get it so much in the jails but like the prison loved it because that inmates teach you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they can relate yeah. better than we on the outside yeah. could. I'm sure yeah. they have more. They have influence with those guys. Yeah. So, well, and and uh, you know, starting in Chino, and that's still going on. And then now it's happening here, but it's also happening in Oklahoma. Yeah. Some guys in Oklahoma have had a calling, kind of like you, uh, a strange calling to do this, yeah. and uh, it's leading to some great things, which we'll we'll highlight sure. on another podcast. Yeah. But uh, so I'm just thinking, Greg, there might be some men or women who are listening to these podcasts, and maybe God's going to nudge. Maybe He's already been nudging. Yeah. Heart, already been and this podcast mm-hmm. might be confirmation, right. but uh, what do they do? I mean, what do they, because I think a lot of people probably don't even know where to start. Right. So what, what would you tell them to do next? Well, I mean, you know, a lot of different ways you can start. One is, you mean, you can call in to us and, you know, people like me and other guys that have done it can help them kind of give them some specific. I mean, we've had, we've had that happen over the last couple of years. People just do that. So, Hey, I've got a heart for it. I think God's leading me to do it. How do I get started? So they can call and you can put them in touch with me and other guys. To help them, but I think the general process, and that's what's really nice about it, is, you know, it's like we were talking earlier. You know, you you may not have ten or twelve guys that you can immediately go to on the outside to put in a journey, but I promise you, if you want to lead guys on a journey, if you get involved on the jail and prison side, there are guys ready to go do that. I mean, there's a there really is an opportunity out there right now. Like even in Northwest Arkansas, we've got more opportunities than we can run out right now on the jail on the jail side. So. There, if you want to do it, there's a there's a way to, to get that done. And, you know, just even like we did, you know, even if you're off somewhere and you got no history, you can go to the chaplains. Every, I think all those jails, all the jails have chaplains. Mm-hmm. And you can go and introduce yourself and leave them just like Rocky's pitch, man. I mean, this is, you know, this is about vertical and not horizontal. And, you know, it's about intimacy. And it's it, it, it and, and so read this book and see if it resonates with you. Because really, usually once somebody reads the book, it either does or it doesn't. So, so you're saying there's a shortage of volunteers, Seems like like even in here. In, so if everyone listening is in Northwest Arkansas, yeah. they definitely could help yeah. you even in sure. what you're doing. If uh, they're in Oklahoma, they could probably help the guys over there with Frank and, and the guys doing that. And then be easy to get California. started and get involved. Yeah. yeah. But even if you're in another city that's mm-hmm. never even started. So, yeah. well, that's interesting. Um, well, good. Well, I... Uh, uh, is there anything else you want to say about the prison ministry or anything that no, to, to I think note? We pretty much covered it. I mean, I, I think there, there's some obvious. There may be questions like, well, how do you do retreat, the prayer retreats, and how do you mm-hmm. do commencement? And all then you just kind of work it out within the. They can't leave. They can't go on little day trips. I guess mm-hmm. to to do a prayer retreat, you just do it all in the confines. Yeah, of you know, it's that same deal. We always talk about form and function. I mean, you know, there's certain forms that you can doesn't matter, but then there's certain pieces of it that even in the prison we kind of call it our DNA and our. You know our core values, and we don't we don't budge from that. Like you know, we do a commencement. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't spend two days, but we do three hours. But in that commencement, we want to make sure that we get, you know, we uh, we get some of the key elements: the foot washing, the names. Uh, you know, um, we, we want to capture some of those key pieces, and then we don't need two days to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, they have everybody has different rules, but you can sit down with a chaplain and they you can walk through their rules. But we've always wherever we went, we've been able to cover those major pieces mm-hmm. and get them done. You know the major. Yeah, pieces. yeah, and 
and they they're getting it obviously <laughs> so that's awesome well thank you greg and uh again if you're out there listening and you're interested in this and this is really striking your heart uh why don't you just contact us on our website influencers.org and i can uh, you can send a message and i'll get that and i'll uh, hook you up with greg hewitt or, or one of the guys where you are located but uh but anyway it's it sounds like this is this is something guys that's really given us favor on that we we didn't expect at all yeah. so that's really been a blessing to, to watch so so anyway well hopefully Hope uh, you've enjoyed this this podcast, and uh, like I said, go to our website and go under uh, resources and podcasts, and you can listen to some of our library of, of future, uh, previous broadcasts, including one with Greg Hewitt, who was here today. But uh, but anyway, we uh, we're here just to support you and challenge you and your discipleship efforts. So thank you for all you out there who are leading journey groups, and and if you've been through the journey, you've never led, you'll you'll never get more out of the journey until you go show other men to the inner chamber. So. Uh, so I challenge you to pray about that where you are. But uh, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I've been your host today. I'm going to keep encouraging you out there to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. me.